All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show. And this one's probably going to be the most debauchery that you've seen. I didn't send Steve a bottle of whiskey, but I'm stoked to have him. And if you don't know who Steve Sims is, I don't know why you're listening to my fucking podcast because he is a dear friend of mine and probably the original guy that cared about relationships. So from bricklayer in London to stockbroker to getting fired in five days to now the art of blue fishing and getting people to the bottom of the ocean, Titanic, people married in the Vatican. Uh, Steve, I am so stoked to have you and so stoked to be here. How are you, my friend? I'm good. It's a pleasure to be here, pal. It always is. I'm just so glad that I bumped into you in Encino a couple years ago and we had those conversations. But Steve, I like to start these with a fun one and you always deliver and deliver. And my first question for everybody is what is the biggest mistake that you've ever made in business and what'd you learn from it? Uh, Keeping it business. Um, there's this old statement that we're raised up on, like a load of myths that are, are no longer relevant. Uh, don't take it personal. It's business. Utter, utter, utter bullcrap. This is personal, and the more personal you can make it, the better the business will be. So I remember I tried to kind of like keep my personality out of it, keep what would end up becoming my brand away from the business connection. I'm making the business connection such a connection that it was a transaction and it was sterile and there was no connection. And worse, there was no growth. So I learned very early on to um, get rid of that phrase and uh, it's cancerous to anyone that adopts it. Yeah, I, I, this is what I love about you. And when Steve and I met, we just bumped into it like, I like you. I like you. Let's talk. And I even like went on a whim. But I think that's probably and in the current state of the world, the thing that everybody's missing. I mean, you and I both have people sliding into our DMs like, hey, I don't know you. I'm not going to spit on my hand. But yeah, will you marry me? Come into business with me. And people are destroying their businesses, their relationships, their life and credibility because they don't understand that. And I, I don't know. No more no more social media lives, right? Like I, I love what I love about you. It's like, hey, let's have whiskey online. Like here's my bulldog. Here's my kids that don't learn enough. You're not, you're not fast enough on the motorcycle. Like here I go. And it's like you give the whole picture, not this quote unquote social media life that everybody pretends to have. Well, it's just it's, it's filtered, isn't it? You can get so many filters and it's kind of weird. You can get so many filters for your Instagram and your videos to make you look slimmer, smarter, prettier, tanned. You know, it's just ridiculous. And I've never understood it. If we walk into the pub and you brought it up, you made the comment there. If I walked into the pub and I bumped into you, literally bumped into you and spilt your beer, all right? We're two big lads, okay? We could dance or we could be courteous and go, sorry, man, I spilt your beer. Yeah. I apologize. May I buy you a beer? We may suddenly strike into a conversation. We may spend, uh, time spend, uh, spend time chatting. But here's the thing. If I got any part of that conversation wrong, when would I turn around and go, oh, hang on a minute, George. I didn't mean to say I'm going to step out. We're going to re-edit that, and then I'm going to come back and go, oh, hey, George, we don't edit life. Therefore, why should we edit how people see it? I think we've all got warts. We all go to the toilet. We've all got shit that we've done wrong, and usually that's where we've grown most. And so uh, my wife always says, and I'm going off on a rant here, my wife often says that um, in the Marvel comic series of superhumans, my superhuman strength is the power of ignorance. I do, and then I think about it. So um, I've never allowed intelligence and too much thought to get in the way of what I do. So if you like it and it resonates and it relates and it helps, great. If it bothers and irks you that it's not got a perfect tint on it or I'm not looking slim enough or I haven't got my Kardashian 
over the shoulder look, then fucking move on. <laughs> well, and I think it's too, and, and like you embody this, and that's why I've loved you since day one. But when we think about it too, is a lot of the stuff that people portray in that container, it's not sustainable because it's pretend, right? Like it's like, I got to turn it on. I got to look a certain way. I got to go. And then they wonder why people don't trust them, right? Like you're a, you and I both play with relationships all day, right? And everyone's like, oh, nobody buys from me. Nobody trusts me. I'm like, that's because they can feel the snake in your grass. Like, that's not mm-hmm. you. That's not real. And so how do you how do you recommend? Because like we live in a pretty, pretty crazy world right now, right? But we've been digital for a long time. And in, mm. in the way that I see it, I think there's two buckets that I see. It's like who I'm pretending to be and who I really, really am. And every single time I see it, even the ones that are pretending to be, they're like, oh, I'm going to get there. I'm like, no, you might hit seven figures, but you're going to crash and have to launch again next year. That's why you have your third Instagram account or your seventh offer or your 27th product. And then there's the people that are like, this is who I am, unapologetically like authentic, documenting and creating that. But you're the master at this. You've done everything from – I mean, I, I still I still like am blown away when I hear some of the shit that you do and I love it to pieces. And uh, – but all of it really, like, I remember the story. I remember you being like, nobody remembers the little guy. I remember the guard at the Vatican and having a relationship with him and sending a book. And that's not because you're like, hey, I'm Steve. Like, I'm that bald Irish whiskey drinking, got fired. It's all about relationships for you. So, like, how do you recommend people navigate these times right now? Because we live in a time where all the attention is increased, but I feel like the level of connection has decreased. Oh, that that last two seconds of your statement there was the most powerful. And um, but I want to make a correction to your statement. Thank you very much for praising me. I'll take it all day long, and I'll be very happy with it. But it's not relevant. The reason I look and appear so good at communicating with people is quite simply because the rest of the planet has got so shit at it. You know, that's why I look so great. I can't spell for shit. You know, I'm, I'm not very, you know, warm and fuzzy. I'm not endearing. Um, I just call it as it is. And that clarity, that transparency is what's got me through. You see, there's two things you've got to understand. Today, we're in a world where we're social distanced, okay? Today, we're in a world where everyone's at home and we've been pulled away from the ability to walk up to a buddy in the street and just go, dude, how you doing? Give a back slap, give a handshake, you know, kiss your wife. We're losing the ability to be able to do that. And we're missing it, okay? So we're actually desperate to connect with people. Now, here's the bad thing. We're all screaming, oh, we're socially distancing. It's horrible. I don't like living like this. We're all here, fuck, Todd. You've been socially distancing for the last 20 years since the birth of Friendster and Face. All the way along, you posting a picture of your baby up on site doesn't tell the family what the baby looks like. You know, take it around. Get out there. Meet. I am from the 80s, okay? And uh, my good friend, Jay Abraham, I always say the good thing about Jay is he brings the 80s back. If I wanted to talk to someone, and this I'm talking about now, mm-hmm. if I wanted to talk to someone, I would often send them an email or send them a text, and we know about the power of text. I would send them a text and go, George, I'm in your area next Tuesday. Do you mind if we get together for a coffee at like midday? Is that okay? Or is another time going to be better for you? Now, here's the daft thing. I may well not be in your area, but if you respond, I'm going to be, <laughs> you know? So, And I would just do that, and I would actually force it. I've said to people, look, let's come back to that next Tuesday and we'll chat about it then. 
And then I've literally turned up at that office and the secretary Steve's here. And I said, look, I said I'd be here Tuesday, you know, Tuesday, you know, let's chat. People like that. But also here's the dumb thing. That was common because that was the only way we did it back then. Now it's novel. It's innovative. It show it. And here's the thing. He shows he cares, you know? So I think, I think bottom line of it is I'm not brilliant at communicating, but we're in a world where people are desperate to communicate. So why don't you try it rather than sticking a post up on well, and I think too, when you think about it, I think what happened when like Friendster, Napster, MySpace, Facebook, all these things came around is everybody thought that it was a different world, but it was just a tool to connect in the world and they utilized it incorrectly and it became – It's a tool. Yeah, right? And like I wrote this post the other day. I'm like the problem is is you used to have two ears and one mouth. I was like, but now you have two ears and ten fingers and you prematurely ejaculate on the keyboard all day and you got to slow it down. But like it's a tool. And I think I've watched people, and this is why I love your book, I love what you teach, I love everything that we do together is because nothing exists without that relationship, nothing. Like you can be meet somebody on Facebook all day, you can like all their crap, you can have them click their ads, you can support them, but you will walk up to them in person and you'll have to reintroduce yourself and they'll have no fucking clue who you are. That is not a yeah. relationship at all, not at all. I've had, I've had periods in my life, and I remember one back in the 90s, um, and I had money, um, and I had, I had stupid fuck you money. And I remember going, I remember going into London once and I wasn't even living in London. I was living in London at the time and, um, walked into a Ferrari dealership and bought the car with my Amex, you know, literally came out with a brand new three, five, five on my Amex, not caring. Okay. I was of that standard. And then the shit hit. Okay. And the recession went down, all these kind of things. And do you know the funny thing is, Amex never had my back. You know, the bank that I was with that had enjoyed my fees for years never had my back. The people that had my back were the people that I phoned up and I was like, oh, crap, this is, this is going downhill. It's about, and they were like, let's have a coffee. Let's see what we can do together. And I suddenly realized that it wasn't my bank account that I needed to have been focusing on. It was my equity in my, in my credibility, in my relationships, in my connectivity. Luckily, it was strong so that I was able to look at the bank and go, that is not my friend. The bank is never going to be your friend. But it doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank because we can all guarantee it's going to go up and it's going to go down. But if you've got relationships – that's really where the power comes through. That's really where it, it opens up the doors of the Vatican or sends you down to the Titanic or puts you on stage with Sir Elton John. It's those, it's those relationships that are key. And the daft thing is we've already identified relationships are getting harder today, not because they're harder to make, but because you've decided not to put any effort into it. Mm -hmm. So we need the relationship, but we're not having the relationship. We're human beings. We yearn for it. And guess what? As we go on, Amazon's going to get smarter, Siri, Alexa, all this. We're becoming transactional. And then we're moaning because we're isolated. We have no one to talk to. You know, your fault. I love it. And I, I actually love the Spago when you got them to make your cocktail and go pick yeah. it up and get out. Like, and, and like, I think, Steve, like what I, what I love about you, I mean, I consider us friends now, but even in the beginning when like I met you, 
you know, I, I see these things and these people in our industry and outside of our industry walk around with chips on their shoulders, right? Like first they think their shit doesn't stink, right? And they're like, get away from me, don't talk to me. Or the other side is somebody's afraid to come talk to them because they literally don't think their shit stinks. And the truth is yeah. like at the end of the day, we're all human. And it's like you've treated every single person I've ever seen, myself included, like with humility and dignity. And you're like, yeah. And then like if I fuck up, you tell me. But not really. You're like, hey, let's talk about it. Let's go. Let's get in. And it's common practice for you. And what's interesting to me is that most people don't understand that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what business you have, what product you have, what service you have. There's still a human being making a decision. And we expect them to make a decision with no depth of a relationship. None whatsoever. And so like I listen to it and like people – I watch people like like give you the credit like, oh, he did this. He did this. He did this. And I'm like probably because he asked them how their morning was. Probably because when he walked by, he wasn't looking at his phone. He was looking at their eyes. Like there's so many parts of this world that people are screaming for it and, and I agree with you. I, I get frustrated right now. Like I'm, I'm online just as much as you are and everyone's like, oh, I wish we could get together or I wish they called me back. I'm like, well, pick up the phone and call them. Like send them a text. Like build – a relationship. So when you think about, you know, relationships and humans, the way that I see it from your side and mine is every single person I come into contact with is a relationship. It's a potential relationship. It's a potential touch point. And my job is to improve upon that silence, to learn something about them, to see if I can support them in any way, make an introduction, have a touch point, make a memory. How do you go about like creating relationships, nurturing relationships, navigating relationships? Because you're pretty good at it. So the first thing I do is, is I'm a selfish prick. Yeah. Me, okay. Me I, I am totally selfish. And um, we're taught as kids not to be selfish. Usually it's the mum that goes, now, don't be selfish. Share your sweets. Now, in that context, that's fine. But today, you need to be selfish, especially if you've got drive uh, and ambition. Okay. Be selfish. And what that means is don't waste your time that doesn't benefit anyone. OK, don't look after those that won't look after you. Don't have someone's back that won't have your back. All right. So whenever I get into a relationship and it sounds strange, uh, but I'm very selfish when I get into a relationship and I want to know, is this person going to invigorate, entice, scare, motivate, make me smile, make me money? You know, any of those things. And I've got relationships that make me millions of dollars. I've got relationships where whenever we get together, I know I'm paying the bar tab because I'm taking them to the bars I drink in, <laughs> not the shit I do, but they make me smile and they challenge me, okay? So there needs to be a benefit in a relationship. So whenever I meet anyone, and this can usually be assumed, like, you know, when you're at a, uh, an Ari Mizell or when you're at one of your events, mm -hmm. that you've already filtered the caliber of people to be in that room, mm -hmm. Okay. So you can, you can, to a point, go, well, I like George, so I'm going to like these people. I just need to get to know them, okay? So whenever you speak to someone, go, okay, how is this person? First question, how is this person going to help me, okay? And then before you ask for that help or, or request that help, bring value to that game, you know? And it may be a case of, hey, it's really, it's really good at it. You you joke about the Vatican, yeah. okay? Um, it, it was just down the road from the Vatican, but when I was working in Florence, um, I had to work with uh, – I, I did a whole thing in Florence where I took over a museum and I had a private dinner party 
in the Academia de Galleria at the feet of Michelangelo's David and I had Andrea Bocelli come in. You know, you know that story. Um, but when I got there, okay, that night, now Andrea Bocelli's people had turned up. Um, I had security guards always for Andrea and for the museum, right? And there was the doorman. He was like a pay-by-hour doorman. Not joking, probably four hundred pound. Couldn't have, you know, couldn't have done anything, you know, and wasn't paid to do anything. It's basically like, you know, the shopping mall, you know, security guard. As we turned up, I went to walk in. He was chilly, okay. And I said to him, I said, yeah, yeah. We all went, oh, good evening, good evening. He was like, oh, good evening. And he was intimidated by the. You know, I'm walking in with Andrea Bocelli in Italy. Yep. You know, it was basically like walking in with Elvis. Yep. You know. And uh, he was all kind of like chilly and stuff like that. And I said to him, I said, yeah, are you cold? And he's like, yeah, just – and it, there was a nip in the air in, 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 in Italy. Yeah, get a bit cold. So I went in, and the first thing I did before I paid attention to anybody else was I actually went in and I got a cup of coffee. Hang on, your screen just went funny. Uh, I got a cup of coffee, and I took it out to him on a little tray with some creamer and some sugars. And I went, there you go. And, and he was over the moon. But you know the funny thing is, when I walked back in, everyone looking at me because I had left all of these big players, these scary security guards, these people with money, and I'd gone to pay attention to the security guard. And so then what we did afterwards was I said to him, I said, look, I don't want to bring it up, but I can see you feel a little bit guilty that I paid attention to him and you didn't. You're kind of a big deal in Italy and the planet. Do you want to step outside and just say hello to him? And he was like, I'd love to. And I'm not kidding you. This guy was over. So I was getting paid a handsome amount of money to make this happen. Yet the first 20 minutes of that night, we spent hanging around with the doorman. Okay. Now, the amount of people that actually wrote me letters, emailed me, found out about me, all because of that doorman, not because of the client that went. No one knows his name. I've never declared his name. But that doorman probably raised my profile by another 250 people because mm -hmm. he went home and he was... And here's the dumb thing. They contacted me. They didn't contact Andrea. They contacted me because mm -hmm. I was the instigator to make it happen. Focus on those people. And like you say, we've all been to events where these people think they're bigger than shit, mm -hmm. okay? And I've spoken at some of the biggest stages in the planet. And I've spoken from, from Harvard to the Pentagon. And the funny thing is you get these people on stage and they want to be left alone backstage. They won't do selfies with the other speakers that are coming through the ranks. And I have always made sure out of my way to get to know every speaker, whether I agree with them or not, or whether or not I like that speech. I can always decide afterwards not to hang around with them. Um, but I've always got to know all of them. And I've noticed that some of these others have been like, no, 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 I'm, I'm bigger than you. I demand more money than you. And the funny thing is, I've been in this game of speaking on the luxury industry 10 years in the influencer self-help market, like three or four, okay? And I've noticed some of those small players are now big players. Mm -hmm. And some of those big players are now dull and boring and repetitive and no one wants them on that stage. So always look after everyone in your sandpit. Yeah, I mean, and the truth is, is that every single thing's a touch point, right? And, and in my opinion, the way that I look at relationships 
is whether you realize it or not, when you touch somebody, it is either progressing that relationship forward or it's regressing it backwards. There's very little neutrality. I'm like, you ignore somebody, it's backwards. You don't acknowledge somebody, it's backwards. You take the time to have a conversation with somebody, it's forward. And I don't think most people realize the exponential qualities of quality touch points. Because like, you know, you and I have done a lot. We've spoken a lot. We've been around this. And there's those people that like their shit doesn't stink. Don't talk to me backstage, right? They didn't book themselves on the stage and they're ignoring everybody. You just take a moment to talk to people around them. They're the ones that are going to go spread the message about you. They're the ones that are going to go do it. Just like you talked about. Jonah Berger talks about this in Contagious all the time. And I think it, it leads to a really, really quality point. And I love the fact, and I want to, I want to reiterate this. You have to be selfish because that means that you are super crystal clear on who you are and what you need, which is the only place that you can actually serve and add value to somebody else to authentically or else it feels transactional or manipulative. And so for everybody who's like, oh, no, 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 like I say it all the time, add value first. Of course you do, but you have to know who you are and be grounded to add that value or else those people can't have a relationship with you. They cannot respond to you because they're going to feel icky. Like, and people like, why do they feel like you? Why are they not talking? Like, you got to be honest and authentic with them. And like, that's what I love about you. Like, I have no problem being like, yeah, I'm coming to see you because I need you to introduce me to somebody. But what can I do for you first? Like, what can I do for you first? And so that leads me to a really, really good point. And this is what I love about you is you're not afraid to use your voice. And it's not that you're different for it, but like you understand the power of yourself and authenticity and even your kids. And I love, you know, watching everything that you do. But I have so many people that are like, I can't say that. I'm like, why not? And they're like, oh, what are they going to think? I'm like, well, they're going to think whatever they want to because you're not giving them anything else to think right now. Like I never, and I mean I never, ever want to allow somebody else to come to their own conclusions about me, my beliefs, my stance or where I stand. I always want to be the person that says like this is who I am. This is what I believe in. How do you feel about that, think about that, see that in the world for everybody listening to this? Again, they they are – for a start, that's a calculation that Elon Musk and Einstein together couldn't solve. You know, it's these people to go, well, hang on a minute. I want people to look at me like this, so I don't want to do this because I need them to think of me like this. That's a lot of effort, okay? And I can't understand why people aren't very tired trying to be people who they're not, okay? So as we've always said before, this is me, Okay. The way I look at it is there are billions of people in the planet, okay? If 10% of those people are curious about me and 1% of that 10% do business with me, I still have enough money to buy England, you know? So you haven't, you haven't got to overcomplicate it, you know? You said before about the snake in the grass. Make it impossible to misunderstand. Make it so obvious that there's no distraction. I talk when I coach with, with some of my people about the big C. Now, if you say to someone in, in the world, oh, the big C, they know it's cancer. The big C in business is confusion. And it's just as deadly as cancer because you can't take a tablet to get rid of it. No confused person will ever do business with you. And here's the other bad thing. No confused person that's just met you is going to turn around and go, well, can you explain your stance on it? Because I'm not getting that. They're not. Get, they're just going to piss off to someone else who's more more clear about it. So you saying something that alienates this person is going to grab this person. 
And if you do it, you'll find that your energy level goes up because you're not spending energy on trying to be someone you're not. We're in a very superficial world, and it goes back to the filters, where everyone is trying to make out that every single one of their days is beautiful sunshine, beautifully perfect, and that shit's pulled together. Mm-hmm. No one's shit's pulled together. You know, everything goes wrong. A couple of days ago, I went down on my credit score by 115 points in one update, Mm -hmm. okay? And, you know, we're in COVID. I'm being very careful with money. I'm reducing my liabilities, paying off my credit cards because we don't know how long this shit's going to be going on for, right? So I'm doing all the good things, and I paid my mortgage forward by five months, okay? Because I thought, okay, I'm going to be open. If the shit hits the pan, I got five months to get out. So I did all of these things. My credit score went down by over 100 points, and I freaked, okay? I freaked out. I was like, what's going on? We found out that some uh, a reporting agency, and strangely enough, my own bank, had recorded a delinquent account and posted it on my account rather than the client's account, Okay. So they quickly removed it. But the bottom line of it is, for three days, I had no idea what the hell was going on. So the bottom line of it is that even when it's not your own doing, shit happens, you know? And shit happens to absolutely everybody. I want to waste any of my energy trying to persuade you to be in my circle. It's here It's obvious, it's blatant, it's sometimes rude, it's definitely direct. I welcome you into my sandpit, but if it doesn't suit your fantasy, no harm, no foul. I love that. I love that. And actually, that that brings me to the point, because you you nailed this, and we're all kind of here. Like, I lost a business in the middle of this, right? Supplement company basically gone. We went from doing $8 to nothing (laughs) due to circumstances. You and I both do events, right? We haven't done events. We haven't done anything. Um, But... I think what I've witnessed, Steve, is one of two things, right? Because I know your phone was ringing off the hook. My phone was ringing off the hook. Like, what do we do? And I was like, the opposite of what you're doing now, which is nothing. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'm like, if you stare at a flat tire, it doesn't change itself. And so can you talk about, you know, because we have a lot of experience, a lot of people follow us here. There's a whole lot of uncertainty in the world. There's a whole lot of ambiguity. We don't know what's happening. But we also can't sit idly by and just wait for something to happen for us. Like nobody's coming out to save us. You've had to pivot. I've had to pivot. So how have you gone about that? And like where are you focusing your time and energy during this uncertainty to create momentum or progress or even, fuck, even the possibility of something happening? Yeah, that's, that's a fantastic question. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here and probably piss some people off. I think COVID's fantastic. Okay. Hand up. I don't want it to continue, okay? But for the first couple of months, I was like, game on, okay? Because we weren't in a recession. It wasn't a case of these people were making money, these people were not. Everyone was stopped. Everyone had all of their businesses, no matter what business it was, just ground to a halt. Everyone was in the same boat. And as we mentioned at the beginning, the game was on. And it wasn't a choice of asking you, do you want to play this game? You were playing. So did you want to sit on the bench and cry and mope and freaking binge watch Netflix? Or did you want to turn around and go, well, hang on a minute. All right, I'm in the game. 
Now let me see how much I can control. And believe it or not, entrepreneurs are a lot more in control of themselves than what a lot of people give them credit for. We are dysfunctional, weird disruptors. So the bottom line of it is, we've been given this situation. Now, I had a couple of weeks where I saw my travel industry slow up. I saw nothing for about two weeks than my team and my staff doing refund, refund, refund. I saw digits just dive bombing on my bank account. And then I went, all right, how can I make this work for me and not against me? And the first thing I did was I cleaned up my desk. You know, I know it sounds funny. Took everything off my desk, polished my desk, and put everything back on. There was a project that could benefit me. Reading books, redefining my course. I launched a face shallow plug. Go for it. I launched a Facebook page that's free of charge called An Entrepreneur's Advantage. And I just started bringing people into there. Anyone could join that. I launched a virtual happy hour, which was the dumbest thing in the world. I thought to myself, come Friday night, I like to go out with my pals and just drink a whiskey. Why don't I do it online? And I said, look, do you want to join me on online and I'll do a virtual happy hour? We had about 80 people join us for watching me make an old fashioned. And then we told the most appalling jokes. These really are <laughs> embarrassing jokes. And do you know the funny thing is, we did that on the second week of COVID. Mm-hmm. And we've done it. We've, we, we missed a couple of weeks. We've done this for about 14 weeks now, you know? And people are loving it. So the bottom line of it is, I realized that I needed to take an advantage. I've done a lot more. Um, I cleaned up my desk, cleaned up my garage, cleaned up my wardrobe, cleaned up my business, okay? Cleaned up my focus, cleaned up my intentions, cleaned up my impact. What am I wanting out of this? You know, what am I going for? Now, the funny thing is, and we talked about speed earlier, okay? Um, there's There's always a saying that fast is slow and slow is fast. Anyone that's ever been on a racetrack knows that you need to carry momentum, not speed. And there's a massive difference. The guy that goes into a corner at 130 mile an hour, going into a, to a 90 degree bend, he's off in the dirt, okay? So you've got to be able to you know, nail your entry speed and your outspeed and keep the momentum going through it. I've been able to look at whatever I'm doing and tweak and edit. The downside is, Pre-COVID, the world was rosy. Everything was going up. We were all doing really well. We were a fast car. And the trouble is, people tried to keep that speed. When you've got that speed, you can't turn on the next right-hand turning. You know, you miss it. So if you can slow up and look at what COVID's done, which has put the brakes on and go, well, okay, where was I heading? You know, what was the brand that people were associating me with? What was my messaging like? What was my click funnels like? What was my next book like? You've now been given a beautiful chance to look in the mirror on absolutely everything you've got. I've been going through subscriptions. First thing I did was I downloaded three months credit card statements and we highlighted all the subscriptions. And then we went to these work for or against me or they have no relevance, okay? Get rid of a load of subscriptions, okay? I actually found myself increasing some of the subscriptions. Mm-hmm. And during COVID, everyone wants money. So a little trick for you, if you've got any kind of like CRM, mail program, web hosting, anything, find out what the yearly package offer is at the moment, okay? I got basically a 50 to 60% discount 
on all of these things by moving into an annual. Okay, so it's all paid up. It's all done. So I've been very much focusing on me. I've done something which I've never been able to do before. I read the classics. You know, how many of us have heard of the book Grow Rich? Yes. How many of us have ever read that? You know, mm -hmm. I read the original copy. You know, the original track, not the edited version. Yep. I read the original uh, copy. Stunned how relevant it, and all of it in there. It was talking about the disruption of radio, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, okay, it's funny because it's called radio, but change the word radio to TikTok, <laughs> and the argument's still the same. Yep. So the bottom line of it is I read, I read so many books. I got so many smart. I ditched projects that I was working on because they didn't, they didn't infuse me. They didn't excite me. They didn't arouse me. So I was talking to a client, probably better to sum it up this. I've got a client of mine in um, uh, Ukraine, okay? And he's a, we'll just say he's a colorful, colorful character and leave it at that. But um, I reached out to him and I said, look, you know, how you coping? How you doing? And he was like, Steve, it is great. It is wonderful. And it is great. And I thought to myself, has he been on the drink already? You know, because he seems very happy. And I said to him, I said, you know, so you know, I'm glad you're happy. But why are you happy? And he said, in, and I think it was 85. We'll use 85 as an example, but it was 80 something. He said, in 85, I bought a factory, a manufacturing uh, a production facility. He said, and there's, there was something like about 200 machines in there. Okay. Every, he said, and this factory runs 24 hours a day. Every time a machine breaks, we have to repair it to 1985 standards. Because if we made it faster, if we did anything to improve it, it would run out of sync to the other 200 machines in there. Okay. So we weren't able. So we have been up, we have been managing and repairing 1985 equipment up until now. He said, I was able, because we got shut down, just like the rest of the planet, update every single machine. Not only can I produce faster, I can reduce it with better technology, more accurate, more detail. I can do way more, and I save money on the efficiency of it as well. He was over the moon because he found a win in today. Me, I found wins in today. I've always said the richest guy on a rainy day is the guy selling the umbrellas. And now is the time for us to look inwards and go, well, okay, what can I clean up? Because when the green flag goes down, and it will, mm -hmm. we know we're not in this forever. We don't know when it's going to end, but we're sure as shit it's going gonna, it's gonna to end. You ask anyone, do you think we'll be out of COVID? Someone's going to go, yes, we'll have a vaccine. We'll build up herd immunity, whatever. But it's going to go away, okay? When that green flag goes down, that is not the time you want to be getting outside, checking the oil in the car, getting the car ready, warming it up. You want to have your foot tinkering the throttle and hit that first corner first, yeah. okay? And you can only do that by preparation now. Personally, and again, I'm going to piss people off, I would like to see COVID last one month every single year of my life, where every year... Just for one month, the lights go off, we get back to our family, we get back to the focus, and we get to re-strategize and re-dictate the route that we're on.
Wouldn't that be beautiful? Every year, a month of reflection. I, I can say, honestly, that COVID was probably the biggest gift because COVID caused a little pain for me today to stop me from going out of business five years from now. Because there were holes I never would have seen. There were things that were tracking that I never would have stopped. And quite frankly, I was like, I spent how much money a month on things I didn't use? Are you kidding me right now? Like that could have gone into my children's future, real estate, my business, like whatever the case was. And so, you know, the, yep. the one thing I reminded myself of, Steve, and my wife's amazing at this stuff because she just, you know, she's a fiery redhead too. And so right in the face every time. <laughs> and she's like, don't pretend that you don't love this. Look at your life. You love getting hurt, coming down, and proving how good you are. You're an entrepreneur. You love ambiguity. What are you complaining? That the world gave you what you asked for? And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, you're always right. And 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 it's it's riddled with opportunity. And and the way I wrote a post about this this morning, I'm like, if you focus on losses, you see losses. If you focus on mistakes, you see mistakes. If you take a step back, you can find opportunity everywhere. And it hurts. Like, but it plugs the bleeding. It gives you an idea of what's there. And quite frankly, everybody's comfort zone is like, I'm running a profitable business. It's all working. I'm like, you're hemorrhaging. Like you wouldn't believe like the fact that you can't take a day off or a week off. And it hurt me too. I mean, I, I lost about seven figures of deals in 90 days. I lost a company. I've had to redo everything and it hurt. Like I was down. I was like, yeah, what am I going to do? And I was like, but I have two options, right? Like I either sit here and mope about it and it all comes true or I get up and do something about it. And at least give myself the fighting chance. And so, you know, I think it's really awesome. And it's funny. I remembered you were talking about momentum. And I'll remind Steve of this. My 15-year-old daughter came to the go-kart track with us and smoked us all. Yeah. <laughs> we're all Steve's professional racer, Mike Dillard, professional race car driver. I'm here all the time. And then my 15-year-old daughter just smoke checks us all. Kills she, everyone, yeah. She's the only one without an ego there. And she's like, I'm just going to make it around the track as efficiently as possible. And so <laughs> I love it. I love it. So when we think about... A lot of this and everything that you said, I, I completely agree with. And it's something that I've had to do as well. And I, we did the annual thing. We paid things off. But then what I also realized too is I had this massive opportunity to go deep with people in my life, my business, my customers, my team that I didn't have the space or time for before. And mm. the one mistake that I've seen most people happen with businesses and entrepreneurships is – Things got tight and they're like, oh, I'm here to care about you, right? But the moment things loosened up again, they went back to business as usual and they tried to go lateral rather than deep. And I think really what's happening is that the people that take the time now, Steve, to go deep in the relationships, to actually connect and care, not like, oh, I'm giving you lip service, you're going to win relationships for life that would have never had the loyalty <laughs> that they could have under times of stress. People make decisions in emotional times. Human yeah. agency got taken away at the state of the world. And what people are going to remember is how, who was here? How did they make me feel? How did they respect me, see me, hear me? And so I love, you launched the Facebook group. I loved, by the way, this, the happy hours, because I love all your jokes, but I have a lot of people here where you said, and, and I love this, like you have to go introspective, but once you get there, I think there's a massive opportunity to go deep with your team, with your customers, with your relationships that you couldn't do before. So what are some of the ways that you've utilized that or you've seen that other people have been successful or things that they can do to deepen that level of relationship in any of those areas? So the, so pay attention is, is the first one, yeah. okay? And acknowledge. You know, it's very easy for us to sit here. Me and you are very similar. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy for us to be sitting here going, rah, rah, rah. There are days, mornings, the dark of night. There are those moments every now and then when we go, 
God, I wish this was over. Oh, oh my God, the monotony's starting to get to me. Oh, my God, something's going. Oh, my God, is this ever going to come right? There are those moments. We all get into them every now and then, and then we get out again. Acknowledge the fact that your clients are going through the same as you, okay? So you can say that that company, you can, without even knowing someone, you can go, well, that business has probably stopped. They're probably staring at their bank account a little bit more than they should. You know, all of those kind of things. Now is the time you pay more attention because, one, we're lusting and yearning and desiring that connectivity. And two, everyone's scared. Those are not, that's not a good mixture for a cocktail, okay? So if everyone's yearning for that connection, give them a connection, you know? And as you say, if you're giving someone a connection now, you like we opened up this Facebook group, we're on like just under 1,700 people that have jumped in there. Why? Because they want hair products from me? No, because they want to buy my shit? No, because we don't advertise it in there. We don't promote it. The bottom line of it is there it is a resource for like-minded weirdos and, as we call them, creative dis uh, disruptors to connect. And the things that I've been doing, I sent out a couple of mugs. You could go and you are a fucking ray of sunshine, it yeah. said on it. I sent people funny notepads that says great ideas while I've been drunk. You know, just all these different – I sent out stupid little stuff. And here's a little thing. The mugs were $15, Okay. I bought 20 mugs with I am a ray of fucking sunshine on it. I bought 20 $15 mugs for about $4.99 each, okay? And because the order was over 10, no postage, okay? And they got sent. Now, the funny thing is people love it because no one's sending stuff. You may have seen uh, over Facebook my Christmas cards. Have you seen that where people have been getting my Christmas cards? Mm -hmm. You know, anyone within my groups, I sent a Christmas card and I said, who sends a Christmas card in July? I do. Why? Because it got your engagement. It's different. Now, you try something different. So I'm urging people to try something different. Now is a phenomenal time for you to get people's attention because everyone's quiet. Mm -hmm. Everyone's petrified. Everyone's in a coma. But if you're out there going, hey, this is a great book from my buddy here's a copy or here's like I'm sending out um, Benjamin Hardy's book. Mm -hmm. Your personality is a permanent. I'm just getting it all packaged up now to send out about 250 books. Why? Because now's a great time to read a book. You know, now's a perfect time to you for you to reestablish what you look at as your brand and personality. The smallest amount of focus today will lead to the most exponential as we come out. Because why? When you're down, you'll remember who's got your back. All of those people that are in the bar cheering you on when you've just bought your fourth Mercedes and you got more money than God in the bank account, you're not going to remember those names. But when your ass is on the line and you're slightly concerned, confused, disrupted, disjointed, distracted, when someone puts their hand out and go, hey, let's chat. Let's swap stupid jokes on a Friday night and we'll both get drunk together via Zoom. Let's have a little phone call and let's both look at your business and see what I can identify. And if you do that, those people are going to remember you not next month when we're out of COVID, not next year, but in 10 years, they'll be telling their freaking kids about you. Mm -hmm. I love it. And the one thing that, and you and I are super similar about this. I, I agree with everything. And actually, 
Um, one of the ways when I get into those moments, right? Like I've had those moments, like I woke up at 3am this morning and I was like, all right, I'm not supposed to be up for my workout for two hours. What's going on? I'm like anxiety, bank with blank. I woke up and started responding to comments on social media. I'm like, go help you here, go help you here. So one of the things that I do is like when I get in that state, I don't try to stay there longer. I acknowledge what's there. And then I go give it away, right? Give connection, give value, give everything. How do you manage that? Because like we have lots of pressure. You run a massive company. I mean, like you started a fucking credit card a couple of years ago. Like you, you're playing a big game. You have employees, you have people, you have funds, you have this, the house, the kid, the cutest bulldog, right? Things laid along those lines. And we do get hit with that stuff, Steve. There's tons of us all the time that get hit with those moments of anxiety. And sometimes it feels crippling, Ooh. right? How do you navigate that? Like, what do you do when that comes up to get out of it or to not sit in it, wallow and go binge Netflix for, you know, 24 hours? So here's the funny answer that you may not you you may not uh, um, expect, but I let it come. Okay, yes. you see, I used to be a fighter. Uh, I used to fight Wushu Kwan, which was Chinese kickboxing, mm -hmm. and then I raced um, uh, motocross, uh, and now I race Ducatis on racetracks. And on all of those things, there was a commonality. Okay. The commonality is that it broke when you held on too tight. Now, if someone's getting through your guard and is going to punch you in the head, if you brace yourself for it, it's going to increase the impact on your nose. If you roll with the punch, still going to hurt, still going to smart, may still crack your nose, okay? But it's not going to hurt as much. And when you're on the motocross bikes, especially motocross taught me a lot, you know, you get on the bike and you're holding on for dear life. When you're so good, you bust up your shoulders and those rocks bounce you off the bike. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as soon as you let it go, all of a sudden you became fluid. And, like, you can't hold on to the water. It's going to find a way of getting through. So whenever that shit happens, the first thing you need to realize is realize. First thing you've got to do is go, all right, I've got this wave on me. I've got this anxiety. I will actually turn around to my wife and I'll go, I'm having a moment. Yeah. You know, you know, don't, don't read it wrong. Just having a moment. I may try and get it out of myself by going for a bike ride or maybe jabbing the boxing bag for half hour or doing something like that or may go for a long walk or maybe just sit down on my ass, shove a movie on and just let it go. Okay. And know that I'm letting it go because I'm just about to get me back. When you hold on too tight, you find you actually accentuate that time frame, and that's when it does most damage, you know? So realize it, respect it, acknowledge it, seep into it, let it go. All right, I had a moment. Now let's get back in the game. Yeah, I, and the wisest shaman I've ever met in my life looked at me dead in the eye and said, if it's coming up, it's coming out. And I was like, okay. And so now when I don't recognize I have my moment, my wife looks at me and she's like, Hey, go handle your shit. I'll see you in an hour. I'm like, thanks baby. I'm out. I just listen to yep. it and I get out. And, uh, it's important to have those people around you, but I think it's, I think it's so quality. So Steve, when we think about the current state of the world, whether it's now, whether it's six months from now, I feel like you and I recognize a ton of holes that exist in just day-to-day -day practice, things that we can do. So for everybody listening, what are some things that people can do to fortify their relationships, to build stronger ones, to be that neural pathway top of mind, like talk about in 10 years, tell my kids about, like, what is it that you carry forward? Like you do amazing things, you, you pay attention, 
you know what you're doing, you follow up with people, you make it about them, which is absolutely amazing. But what are some things that everybody listening can do like right now if they're like, oh shit, and like now I have an opportunity, I see what I can do, I see where I can go. What are some of the things that you carry forth that you teach people, you teach your team to put into practice in their relationships or business? So I would love to help you and say, well, you need to be buying this program or you need to be buying this tablet or you need to be getting this flow or funnel or this CRM. But it's nothing that you have to pay for, okay? You have to pay attention, okay? You have to literally reach out. And I've been doing it on all of my stuff, both on Facebook, LinkedIn, my client bank. And the way that I do it is I'm not a technical guy. We've got CRMs because it helps my team and it helps my accountant and it helps my lawyer. But what I did was the other month is I said, print off who's active, who's been with me for over 10 months, who's fresh, you know, and, and I've gone and anyone that's fresh that's joined any one of my programs, I've reached out to them and I've gone, hey, George, I saw that you purchased my product, Sims Distillery, on this day. Why did you do that and what are you hoping to get out of it? Okay, and I've started a conversation. The amount of people that are absolutely stunned because they send you, because what you usually get is, is this one of Steve's team? Is this an autoresponder? Yeah. And I'll be, t- and I'll write back and I'll go, fuck no, this is the ugly man himself. And, and I'll just sit and I'll be like, you've texted me or you've emailed me. And I'm like, yeah, now let's get back to the question. Why did you waste your money on my product? Because if it's not a waste, what are you hoping to get? Mm-hmm. You know? And I started confronting them. And it's helped on so many ways. And people are looking at that business. It's amazing today. Like my travel business is fucked at the moment. You know, it's 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 as it's as active as a dodo in a coma and drunk on a Friday night. So that's as simple as that. So you've just got to go, all right, park it. Don't put any effort into it. There's no need. I can't book anything. I can't do anything. Leave it alone. Okay? So focus on all the stuff you can do. And what we can do is we can connect with people. And I, I've got clients in the travel industry, and they're all, I don't want to be arrogant, but looking up to me as one of the leaders of the private concierge world, and they're going, how are you surviving? And I go, I'm not. But how am I growing? That's a different question. And I'm reaching out to my clients going, hey, We've all got problems, but what are you dreaming of doing when we came out of this? Mm-hmm. You know, now is a brilliant time for you to kind of step back and go, well, hang on a minute. Is the new AMG Mercedes really where my focus is? Or is it going out to Utah with my family? Mm-hmm. You know, do I really want the new Rolex Daytona? Or do I want to make sure my daughter really has the best chance of college, even though she's only two years old now? Mm-hmm. You know? It's now a great time. Now, I've noticed from the travel industry, there's cycles. Mm -hmm. As erratic and as random as we think we're human beings, we fucking ain't. We have these cycles. Every recession, every political upheaval, every terrorist attack that we've ever happened, straight after that, conscientious spending has come in and people have started focusing on memories and not trinkets. After 9-11, no one was buying rich watches. They were going away with the family. They were building granny flats on their, on their house and moving the in-laws into their home so they were closer to the family and their parents could see their kids all the time. You know, we were becoming whole again. And then we diverse out and we get back into the shiny stuff. 
and then we get political upheaval and we come back again. As soon as we've got out of COVID, no one gives a rat's ass about investing all that money in a GT3. They're going to want to go down to the pub with our mates, mm -hmm. okay? A couple of months down the line, then they're looking at that because we forget the pain that we're in. So today is when you've got to put your hand out and go, hey, let's talk. You know, we've got this thing called Zoom. We've got this thing called Skype. We've got this thing called FaceTime. We've got this thing called a fucking phone. You know, let's just spend 20 minutes and let's just see if either of us are missing opportunities that the other person can't see. Yeah. And just show you care. You will be stunned at what it will do to your relationships. And more important, it will acknowledge, it will acknowledge them and it will cement them. And you don't remember your best mate kicking around, sponging off of you at a bar. You remember that time when he had your back in a bar fight or when he was there to fix your flat or when he came over to help you through a tough time when you were crying because you'd split up with your girlfriend at the time or something. That's when you cement the relationships. Never the high times. I've got no friends that I remember from flying around on private jets. I remember my friends when my ass was on the line and they came over and knocked on the door and said, Steve, I've got no money to help you out of the shit you're in, but I can afford you a couple of beers. Mm -hmm. And then you go down to the pub. I remember a perfect time when I was in England once and I was up against it and I was seriously up against some, some big money crunch. And I had some really powerful people that contacted me and they went, we're going to help you out. And I remember saying to them, great, I need this amount of money. And they went, no, 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 we're not giving you a dollar. We are going to strategize how you can get out of this. Yeah. And when you can get once, you've learned how to get out of it a million times. But during that same time, I told you earlier about my friends that go to really bad bars. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine picked me up in the car, took me down. And he said, I'm just going to buy you two beers. You know, that's all I can afford. But he'd phoned up some other boys, and each one of them bought me a couple of beers. Mm -hmm. Okay? And they, not one person in there could afford a round for everyone. So they bought themselves a beer and me, and then themselves and me. And that's, that's the kind of people we have. And that's the moments you remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so true when you think about it. Like the world got pushed down and everybody's like, me, 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 me. And I was like, no, 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 no. Turn that around to growth and support. You'll get yours. But this is the thing. It's like it's, you will. it's not about like how good your product is, right? Like Jonah Berger said this. I actually wrote it down earlier. The world we lived in is like, what could I do to try to convince somebody, right? That was the world of marketing. And now it's why haven't they changed already? What's stopping them? And normally it's safety. It's a relationship. It's a conversation. It's somebody actually giving a shit to lean in and get it. And, and for those of you that are listening to this, if, if you don't get this, like this is how business has always been built, except people got fast passes and excuses to get out because people were buying the dream or the idea. And now you're left with humans. You're left with real humans. And by the way, relationships don't build themselves. And, and Steve, I loved, you know, that whole like, yeah, it's me fucker. I got the best message on Facebook the other day. I responded personally. They're like, this doesn't sound like George. What bot wrote this? And I wrote, I opened my phone and video. I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, what would you like me to say? Let me read it to you. And they're like, oh shit. I'm so sorry. I'm uh... And it's my favorite thing in the absolute world. So um, Steve, just and selfless pug, because I forgot to do this earlier. Um, where do you want everybody to find you? I mean, I recommend you all the time. Your Facebook group, your book, Blue Fishing, Steve Sims. I mean, you are the guy that's noticeable. I have stickers of your face on some of my stuff, right? Like, <laughs> where does everybody find you? Did you see that cup that that guy did the other day? I didn't. I didn't. Where is it? So it's, it's on my, um, it's on an entrepreneur's advantage Facebook oh, page. Oh, it's in the group. I'll look on, at it. It's on Instagram at Steve D. Sims. It's everywhere. But 
this guy actually wanted something to motivate himself in the morning, and he got a coupon code from Vistaprint. So what he did was he went on to Vistaprint, and he ordered a mug and a pad with my screaming face on it. And he said nothing scares him into action each morning other than him <laughs> have a coffee with his mug. It's freaking hilarious. But you can go to an entrepreneur's advantage with me, Steve Sims. That's the, the, the Facebook group. You know, put your details in there and you'll be let in. Um, Steve D. Sims is uh, my, my personal page and my uh, Instagram. I'm pretty easy to find. Any toilet walls probably got something written about me, so I'm easy. Oh, my God. I love it. So if you had to leave everybody with one thing, like to remember to take forward, close it out, what would you leave them with? My dad was not the sharpest tool in the shed by far. And I remember one day we were walking through London and he, he was a chain smoker. So he would have one cigarette smoking and another one in his hand ready to change. Up. There was never a time when he didn't have his hand with one and the other one in his mouth. And we're walking down the street and he'd just gone off one cigarette and he was just lighting up the other one. Before he'd managed to get a, a <laughs> renewal in his hand, he put his hand on my shoulder, never looked at me in the eye. We carried on striding. And he said, son, no one ever drowned by falling in the water. They drowned by staying there. Mm. And with that, he put his hand in his pocket, got his next cigarette and carried on walking. I was about 14, 15 years old at the time. And I remember stopping going, what the fuck was that? <laughs> you know? And I just thought to myself, he, he just consumed like a fortune cookie or something. I had no idea. But sometimes in my life, when it didn't quite go to plan, and we get loads of those as entrepreneurs, we get a regular, we get more downs than we get ups. Mm -hmm. And it's always made me realize, all right, no one's ever drowned by being in here. They drown by staying there. Such a good, oh, I, I got nothing to say. I'm going to mic drop that one. So Steve, uh, always an honor and a pleasure. We are due for a drink in person soon. We'll get some rides through the canyons. Uh, for everybody listening to this, uh, I highly recommend Steve is somebody I consider a mentor, whether he knows it or not, what I consume, what I learn, I pay attention and I am humble enough to say that I learn from the greats and play the game with them. So go check out Steve, follow him wherever you follow him. Steve, thank you for being here and everybody will see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode. And like I said in the beginning, and probably a ton of times throughout, make sure you subscribe to the show. If you want to hear more now, leave a review. If you like me, actually, don't leave a review if you like me. Just leave a review if you feel so inclined. But I'm going to ask you because it helps other people find this. And I'm going to give you a little marketing lesson in the outro of this anyways. Go to mindofgeorge.com so you can get into our crazy family and also get a free gift my team and I made for you. Now, here's the thing. There's only four types of customer journeys and I'm sending you to one page to cover all of it. But our job is to give you everything that you need to succeed as an entrepreneur. See, what I want is I want you to be in our family. I want to be in a relationship with you. And I want you to have a win before I ever get a win. And so on that page, you'll see some of the best stuff that we have, our top podcast episodes, our free courses we put together, our free content. And there's one in particular that I'm super proud of. We put together a free 30-day transformational marketing course. Literally, just need your email so you can get in and get into the membership site. We talk about the two most important documents in your business, your lighthouse and your avatar sheet, which we now call the beacon of beliefs in your captain's assessment. We teach you about the conscious and subconscious customer journey, how to have congruency in your marketing, the psychology of email marketing 
marketing, the six email sequences that your business needs to have right now to win, the two most wasted pieces of real estate and digital marketing that you can fix right now, my special five-part email recipe, and how to reframe your card abandonment strategy so you don't insult people's intelligence anymore, plus whatever else I can come up with on a certain level of crazy, because my mission is to teach you that relationships will always beat algorithms, and I'm ready to be on your team, I'm ready to be in your corner, and it's time for you to win a gold medal. So make sure you go to mindofgeorge.com, and we'll see you in the next episode. I love you all. Bye.